0: Welcome to the Crimson Circle Show. We have audiences listening in from Blog Talk Radio, The Awakening Zone, and crimsoncircle.com. And if you wanna watch, and trust me, between Adamus' antics and the beauty of this audience, it might well be worthwhile going to the crimsoncircle.com and looking for the video for today's shout. So, welcome. We are just about ready for Jeffrey Hoppy to channel with all of us. Jeffrey, are you almost ready? Ah, very good. So it's this special Christmas meeting. Thank you, holiday meeting, whatever you want to call it, it's up to you, but it's a beautiful time for all of us to be together here in this Crimson Circle Communication Center. So thank you, and we're just about ready. So right now, I'd like to ask each of us, as Adamus always invites, to take a few moments to really just find yourself taking the good deep breath, the deep breath of life, the deep breath of your soul, breathing and allowing it all to come together now, at this very time, this very group. Here we are, This amazing group of people connecting literally from all over the world. Everyone listening now or in the present (coughs) or later. It doesn't matter. All the energy is here. So breathe from the depths of you. Breathe and allow yourself to fully expand. Breathing deeply. And with the breath, you're invited, each of us, to open our senses, human and divine, to not just hear, but to feel, to go beyond. And as you keep this deep, conscious breath flowing and the senses opening, we'll listen to some music to support that journey of the breath. So breathe as this music and video feel the faces of Shambra as you breathe and feel and allow.
1: for the holidays i believe i've missed each and every face come on and play my music
2: let's turn on the love light in the place it's time i found myself totally surrounded in your circles Whoa.
3: I am that I am Adamus of Saint Germain. Welcome, dear friends. Life is good. Life is good. Ha! Let's take a deep breath with that. Life is good and easy. Really is. Really is. We're going to talk about today why sometimes it appears to be difficult, why sometimes you make it difficult. But it's actually quite easy. I'm going to ask you to feel that for just a moment, if you would. Life is easy. Oh, you can give me a thousand reasons why it's not. You can tell me about your past. You can share with me your concerns about the future, but it's easy. It really is. The question that I have for you – can you handle that? Ah, before you answer, I want you to really feel into that. Can you handle life being easy and abundant and free and different? Can you handle that? You say yes, but evidence would prove otherwise <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> Did we miss people here in the front row where they told – Linda, did you scare them off nobody in the front thank you i don't bite i spit <laughs> i breathe fire but i don't b- anybody else front row front row Th- thank you yes uh, not once, there once with you your over, ears once you don't one over <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> you. Thank yes we thank do you. have technical <laughs> recruit. life is easy but uh, <laughs> you, you have to be aware yes this this is for me yes oh no, no, no. So sorry. I believe it's yours. Thank you. Well, because of your horny um, <laughs> uh, topping there, we can't have you sit there. Life is easy and it's good, and that's where we're going. That's where we're going. And it sounds beautiful. You say, oh, yeah, that's what I want, but in order to get there, we have to let go of some things. We have to have a vision a vision of life being easy, which it is. We have to not fall into the very dense gravity of mass consciousness that's actually easy, but at first it's uncomfortable. Welcome everybody who's listening in online. Don't you love the holidays? Don't you love the beauty of the holidays? So if you could get a a nice pan of the stage area. Oh, Linda, you can stay seated there. You're part of the natural beauty. <laughs> oh, yes. you
0: win my heart today.
3: Oh. oh I, I love the holidays. Always have. I, I tend to come around more, not just to the shouts, but to you. I, I tend to hang around more at the holidays because you're oh, a little lighter, a little easier. The holidays, a time when humans – about the only time left now when humans believe in some magic. I believe in something special happening. They watch kind of um, sad, tearful – some would call them cheesy – holiday movies, but I love sitting with you when you watch It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, Yeah, you, me, the popcorn, <laughs> your Kleenex, my scarf, and a lot of tears. <laughs> I love the holidays because so often, too, it reminds you of the past, when things were actually a lot more magical on the planet. A lot of that's gone now. It's a mental era. You you can please be comfortable <laughs> and, uh, Sandra, do I have to verbally remind you every time? <laughs> the coffee with cream, please, no goat's milk. So magical this end of the year is. Maybe it's because you've worked so hard during the year, stressed and doubted and uh, spent grueling hours at work that you may not even enjoy, dealing with relatives – well, you have to do that on holidays too – but such a magical time of the year where you just let down the guard a little bit, little children and even some adults believe in Santa Claus. You believe in magical things happening. You believe in miracles, miracles. Ah, earlier today I came through a – what would you call – a homeless person standing on the street corner down here with their little cardboard sign, yeah, and the cardboard sign said, I just need a miracle. Didn't say I just need money? Ah, That's a first. (laughs) Said, I need a miracle. And you know what? Miracles do happen. Miracles aren't um, like from an angelic source or spirit or anything like that. (coughs) Miracles are simply things that you don't otherwise understand. You don't understand how it happened, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you have to know the details of how something or someone came into your life. A Miracle occurs when you're willing to get out of old limitations, when you're willing to go out of your mind, when you're willing to go out of character, that character that you identify with so much, suddenly the miracles happen because you're more available to the energies that were just waiting for you. Just waiting for you. It's all there. That's why I say it's easy. I use this term kasama, which uh, some would translate to the word kismet, which means destiny, but not the regular linear destiny. Kasama is the destiny of the soul. We talked about this recently in Kihak. The destiny of really a pl- paper cup for your commander. A paper plastic cup, please, please. <laughs> no, I'll tell you a story, Edith. I'll tell you a, I'll tell you a story, please. Uh, yeah. ceramic, at least. Sure Crystal preferred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you a story, dear Edith. You heard it partly from Cauldre, but it's very true. The boat uh, in, on the Nile at the dock did not suit my resonance. did not suit my resonance. Now, we could have all sat there, all (laughs) 70 of us sitting on the boat, and endured the noise and endured the discomfort, but why? Why? It was as simple as saying, move the boat. That simple. Move the boat. Coffee in a ceramic cup. (laughs) I Am that I Am. Abundant life. Why not? Why, Edith, who has spoken out <laughs> and now gets the brunt of my energies? Why, Edith, have you put up with anything less than the best for Edith? Why? Uh, we're going to need the microphone. Let's not dilly dally here. I need my coffee. Microphone, get ready on Excuse the writing me. board. Excuse me. Uh, microphone. Yes, please, please don't all rush up here to help me. So, God Edith, Edith, why have you put up with anything uh, – get, get up here, Edith, if you would. Take oh, the chair. Oh, oh! Oh! Edith, the rock star the world over. There's something now known as the Edith Factor among Chambra. Oh! <laughs> uh, please, have a seat. You don't need to stand. Have a seat. Really? See, <laughs> to my point, offered the seat of a king. <laughs> And she says, Really? Now, Edith.
0: Shelf. that's a torture.
3: <laughs> yeah. Edith, why would you settle for anything less than the best in your life? Why have you settled for less than the best?
0: That's an excellent question. I, I
3: mean. know, I asked it. <laughs> I wish I, I knew do. the answer. Oh, ow. Oh. 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 I know, but it was Edith. too close. It's oh. bordering on. Uh, Edith, you do know, and that's the problem. You do know. But you refuse to see it. You don't have vision. Well, if you have vision, it's Edith's vision. Oh! <laughs> Move the boat <laughs> I don't care. I don't care and neither should you. Why are you here at these meetings every month?
0: Because I love them. I enjoy them. I Absolutely. believe in them.
3: Yes. I en-
0: believe in enlightenment, enlightenment awareness. Good. Full body consciousness.
3: Yeah, all the rest of that. But it's all out there. I want it in Edith the next time we talk like this. I want it embodied in Edith.
4: I thought it was.
3: Oh. Not that Edith who I was talking to before, not that Edith who accepts anything less than the very best for herself and her life. And for every one of you, you've got a little Edith in you (laughs) Uh, You all have that allowing something less than the best. Why? Why? We're going to talk about that today. It's such a perfect setup. Allowing less than the best – money, health, relationships, children. Should we go on, or do you get the point? Anything less than the best.
0: I get the point, but I wish I had a solution. Mm. Well, you don't want me to lie, do you? <laughs> well, I would. <laughs> in a way. <laughs> You're,
2: right. You're right, Linda. <laughs> sure, <I know>. sure. <laughs> now,
3: that begs the question. <laughs> so well played, right into my hand. That begs the question what is the lie? Mm. What is the lie, Edith? You say you don't want. You don't want you to lie to me. I think you are lying to me. And more than that, lying to yourself. When you say you don't know – sorry, Crash (laughs) – when you say you don't know, you lie when you say that you don't want yourself to lie to me because you are lying. You're lying by not allowing you to be who you really are. And it's so easy. It's so easy but something's keeping you from it. And you've given me permission to be brutal with you, if necessary, and loving when needed. You've given me permission to point out where you've blinded yourself, you've closed yourself down. When you tell yourself and audience all around the world – if you look into that little red light on that camera, the world (laughs) is watching – you've given yourself permission for me to expose the lie, and the lie is, I don't know. You do know. And that's going to be the most difficult thing for you to get over and the most beautiful thing, and it's very easy. So please, my dear, please. It comes down to, you could say, an issue of worthiness, but it's more … It's truly an issue of vision, vision for Edith. And the vision is having coffee in a China cup. It's a, it's a small thing, Edith, but so worthwhile. Ah. <laughs> that sensual coffee that simply cannot be experienced with a paper cup and only with China. It's, it's the move the boat and not caring and commanding and not worrying – Caldra, Linda, the others, uh, Lucia, they worried when I said, move the boat – I don't care about the details. They affect me not. And I'm not going to go into some long, dismal doubt about the poor crew on the ship that has to do this work and what will the captain say and uh, is it within the rules. I don't care, uh, and neither should you. Neither should you. It's um, this year, this coming year, Edith. It's a time of realization. It's a time of bringing it together. And the question I have, as Metatron asked a long time ago, is, Are you ready? I'm ready. Leave it right there. Ah, uh, that butt was about to show. <laughs> the butt. What? In, in your words, in your words, the butt. Edith, question. Uh, question. Santa Claus is real, you know. No, Santa Claus is real. Any time there is a mass consciousness belief in something, the devil, devils, very real. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. enough people believe in it, they create it. It's it's a kind of a, 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 a caused by mass consciousness. It's <coughs> the same way uh, no. the yeah. ascended masters can create a, a collective soul, very easy. Right. So, if enough people believe in Santa Claus. Santa Claus is
2: real. Right. That's
3: right. And it can manifest. I'm not talking about just real as in, you know, enough people believe, but I'm talking about Santa Claus actually manifesting. And the miracles and the magic of Santa Claus and the elves happens. It really happens. So, Edith, with that being known, you have three wishes of Santa Claus. What are you going to ask for? Three. Wishes,
0: an arm your life,
3: an arm your life, okay.
0: Grand and glorious abundance and wealth, good. Grand and glorious, good health, okay. And grand. Uh, and uh, three, three. Oh. <laughs> Don't push your luck with Santa oh, Claus. <laughs> 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 I'd a, like Santa more Claus wisdom.
3: is not an idiot. He can count <laughs> to three. <laughs> okay, arm your life. He you can't give that to you. You have to give that to yourself. It's easier, actually, than having Santa Claus give it to you. Uh, Wild abundance. Santa Claus can help with that, actually, because once you've allowed it, it just keeps coming in and it doesn't matter if it's Jesus or Santa Claus or me or anybody else. We'll keep bringing those gifts. We'll keep bringing the energy. We'll help bring the energy in for wild abundance. Yes. And health. Health. Yes. Uh, it's mostly up to you. Santa Claus doesn't have a whole lot of influence on that, but it's mostly up to you. But
2: I thought everything was up to us, that we were the master creators. You are.
3: You are, but then the energies are often brought in from the others. The body is kind of yours. You, you're, you're bringing in those energies. A lot of the other stuff comes from the outside. The body is a very personal thing, and I'll give you this hint – don't work on healing your body. Really. I don't. I know. It's healed. It's healed. Well, it's actually – we're going to go beyond the physical body that you know now and we're going to go into this light body. Uh, so we're kind of going beyond it. With a light body, it, it pain, pays no regard to the old physical body. We're not going to patch up the, the – not old body as in you – but the body you've become accustomed to. So good. Thank you. And thank you for tolerating me.
0: I love you t- and I tolerate you. Thank
3: you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Now, dear Linda. Thank you. Let's continue with this. Uh, if you would, uh, to the audience, please. Santa Claus, you've got three wishes. What are you going to ask for? Three wishes. If you would stand up, yes.
4: Um, my three wishes that i w- trying not to repeat what Edith said.
3: Yes. It isn't hard. So, Everybody just wants to repeat what Edith says. Of uh, course. Quoting Edith. Yes.
4: Well um,
3: … Three wishes.
4: I want this next year to be a magical year okay. where amazing and wonderful things happen. Like what? Um, for me to know within myself that … I am an Ascended Master, and I'm exactly where I need to be in doing what I want to do. Good. Um, I want to resolve um, my family issues. I I'm, I'm love my family, and yet I feel like I'm either too dependent or th- on them or they're too dependent on me, yeah. and I need to be my own self more. And I want to be um, just a personal human kind of thing – living in the perfect place for me. What does that mean? It means we're trying to figure out whether we're going to stay where we're actually living right now or move to a different place or what we're going to do.
3: Good. Okay. Um, Santa Claus can help with some of those things. A little bit, uh, particularly the move um, and and the uh, the actual physical part of it, because as you know, moving – once you make up your mind or or it comes to you, uh, that's the easy part but the physical part, and Santa Claus has a lot of helpers, can help with that. That would be good. Yeah, yeah. Enlightenment, mastery, totally up to you. Santa Claus can't help with that. Actually, I hate to break the news, Santa Claus is very magical but is not an Ascended Master. (laughs) He doesn't care. (laughs)
4: <laughs> Since we created him, I, that makes sense.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, not just just we, but mass consciousness, mass conscious, humans, yeah. and all the rest of that. And they, yeah. they don't believe uh, in ascended masters. Boy, are we going to shock them next year. It's <laughs> funny. Uh, yeah. We, <laughs> they don't believe in it, but it's about to happen. Good. Mm. Thank you so much. Or? Yes. It's my lead up. Three wishes from Santa Claus. Um, well, I
5: could have three wishes. So one wish – Yes. – have another three wishes when I want them.
3: Uh, actually, Santa Claus <laughs> Santa Claus has a little uh, clause. He has a clause. Yeah, that's why they call it a clause. Uh, No, you get three. You don't, uh, the first wish isn't for 20 more. He's no fool. Um. you realize he'd be so tied up. Uh, no, you get three. Count them, okay. (laughs) Opportunity (laughs) of my life, okay. (laughs) Yeah. See, Um, because the reason why is very simple. You'd ask for infinite number of other wishes, and then you never act on it. You go, I got a whole bank full of wishes, and I don't don't have to do anything. You're on the spot right now. You got three, and you got about uh, 42 seconds left to answer the question, or you lose (laughs) your wishes. (laughs) 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 That's simple. Um, One wish is. I'm
5: waiting for a decision on my, on my green card. I want to know if it's, it should happen any day,
3: so it would be great. Oh, it happened. Okay. okay We're done so with that. that yeah. Cool. It's done. Isn't, it. that, isn't that great? I love it. Just like that. I didn't do it. See, I, I, coming I here. influenced it or I brought it up into your vision. So, right. oh, so good.
5: Uh, another one would be be practical, like selling one of my companies Good. Good. for a lot of money. God, I'm glad you qualified that.
3: Good. And um, making a a profit? Yeah. Good. Okay. Done. Done.
5: Perfect. Yeah. Um, What else?
3: Time's running out. Time's running out. Okay. Anything. Just make up something really quick. A a big house Eh. next year. A big house. Okay. Big house. Five bedroom. Five bedroom. Do you own it? Yeah. Why not? Is there anybody in the house with you? Yeah. Anybody else living there?
5: Yes. Girlfriend. Bunch of people. Bunch you have a commune.
3: Commune. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you sit around <laughs> well <at> night singing <laughs> <laughs> "Kumbaya." Uh, well, uh, but it's your house. Yes. Yes. Good. So you can throw them out anytime you want. Yeah. Uh, let's, th- let's start that way. Let's start. It's yeah. your house. Throw everybody else out right now.
5: Okay, it's my house, and then okay. I can invite people in, and mostly not. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs>
3: I'm, just, I'm just trying to help you here. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, y- th- because there's a tendency to kind of um, … you need your own space. Uh, That's true. You re- uh, yeah, I know it's true. Yeah. I yeah. not lie. Um, it, but anyway … But it's a good thing.
5: If it's my house, I can do what
3: I want, so I can … Yes, you can. Yeah. With yeah. yourself. Exactly. Okay. You can have a dinner party now and then, but yeah. none of this moving … You're invited. Right. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> what, what's for dinner? What what are you serving? What are
5: you serving? Um, Filet mignon, some red
3: wine, yeah, and … yeah, and then … That sounds like a boring dinner so far. We'll (laughs) deal with the details later. (laughs) Okay, great. Good wishes. They're there. They have so happened. Now, I'm going to ask you this. Take a good deep breath and, and really embody them. It's done, just like that. Took a little urging, nudging on my part to bring it out to get you to, to verbalize it, and, and wondering if, if you can really ask for these things. Absolutely, you ask for anything you choose. No paper plates. No paper plates <laughs> <and> <laughs> <laughs> I will leave if it's served on a paper plate. Now it's already done because you you had the vision for it. It took some nudging, but it's already done, and that's so easy. The, these yes. these. Physical type things, uh, you know, a house, selling your job, green card. So easy. These are really Santa Claus wishes. I mean, he's good. You're good at that, and I'm good at helping to get it out, but it just happens. So Mm -hmm. from here on, you don't worry about the details. You don't worry about how it comes to being. You don't stress over it. You don't plan any of it, but you're in the moment when the process starts rolling, when it starts happening. You are there like the graceful master. Just keeping those energies moving, no blocking them, no wondering how it happened, no wondering about any of it. Even if it appears to be some hiccups along the way. Exactly. Ah, if if suddenly your lawyer calls and says we have a problem here, it's like you take a deep breath and you think or even say, "No, you got a problem. I don't. <laughs> it's already done. Now make it happen." I and mean, the whole year was like that, and it was interesting. It's like, yeah, like
5: wow, it's what a fucked-up year. Yeah. But then you look different, like. Wow, it's magical. It's all. How about
3: working out and, perfectly? It's the end. And, it yeah. was a uh, messed up year. I'm not allowed to swear anymore, online. Santa <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thund- grants you the But 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 it was a it was a challenging year and oh what an amazing year. Yeah. Yes yes. And the lawyer calls and says well, we have a little problem with the green card and you take a deep breath and you go and, mm. and? solvent not my problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Uh, two more, dear Linda. I'm uh, making a point here. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay I'm feeling <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah.
3: Three feeling wishes from Santa Claus yeah, yeah, was very real. Very real. Three wishes.
0: Oh, I'm getting called. I'm getting called.
3: <laughs> yes. Yes. Three wishes. Mo money, mo money, mo money. Good. 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 Okay. That's <laughs> and my dear friend, uh, it, it, it's going to happen okay. now. Uh, Sweet. Now, and <laughs> what are you going to do with it?
5: Buy a lot you of know, shit. Before
3: you before you answer that question, you remember the story I told? Uh, it was going to be in my smash hit, upcoming best selling book, "Memoirs of a Master," uh, of the student who was given a loan by the master. I came back a year later, twice as broke. Are you going to be that, or are you going to do something different to … Who cares? … energize? I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> Don't give
0: it to him. Are you crazy? <laughs> do not give it to him. I have, it. To call,
3: I have to call Santa Claus. <laughs>
0: Turn it Santa off, and Claus, sit on it.
3: <laughs> she has been a bad girl. She let her <laughs> cell phone go off in the middle of my presentation. So Santa, take her off the list. So, a lot of money, a lot of money, a lot of money. And what are you going to do with it? Spend it. And? Spend it. And? Spend some more. Okay, until what? Until your flat broke? I'll get some more. Good. Thank you. You're welcome. Good. Thank you. Yes, yes. From my lips to yours. Uh, well, not quite that way, but <laughs> my.
2: Oh! Oh. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> good,
3: good, and and hopefully I've made you in the past and many of you angry enough, upset enough with me that you just go home. Oh, that uh, dumbass! Oh, just enough to get the energies moving again. One more, please. Okay. Santa Claus, three wishes. What are you going to ask for? What are you going to ask for?
0: Oh, wait, wait. We've got to mix it up. Male, female, male, female. <laughs> oh.
3: Why? Does it matter anymore?
0: No. Just, it's just the game. Okay. I'm the bad How about
3: girl. enlightened, unenlightened, enlightened uh- … Oh! <laughs> Go on. Please. Three.
6: Well, the first thing is I want to become enlightened, Yeah. but I don't think Santa Claus. Can help me with no, that. No, no, no. I want a house. You want a house? Yeah. Good. I want a real nice house. Yeah, yeah. Like three, four bedrooms.
3: Okay. Yeah. Maybe you could move in with uh, Stefan. <laughs> no. <laughs> I want my own house. Sleep. Thank you. Oh, yes. And what else? Um. But that one's done. Okay. What else?
6: Well, this one is also personal. I want my creative side to really explode and come out.
3: Why hasn't it? Why hasn't it? Yeah. Well, I, uh, hello. <laughs> echo. 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 Why hasn't it? Because that deer-in-the-headlight look.
6: I've been kind of busy pondering my enlightenment.
3: Aren't they the same? <laughs> aren't they the same? I mean, you're pondering both of them is what I mean, <laughs> not realizing either one. But aren't they the same, your creative explosion uh, as It's well beginning as to come out. Beginning to. Okay. Yes. Slowly but surely?
6: I was scared of it.
3: Why? You should mm. be scared of not having it.
6: Well, you know, like when I heard my voice for the first time, like seven years ago. Yes. It was so incredible, it scared me. Yeah. And I stopped singing for seven years.
3: Oh. But well, you know what's going to happen now, don't you?
6: Well, I'm starting to sing again.
3: Yeah, right now. Oh. No. <laughs> no! Well, I'm just. White Christmas, one I'm, of my favorites. No, no, no. no. I'm dreaming I'm learning my- of a white Christmas, just like the ones I used to have. Oh, oh. Go ahead. We all sang, now you're I hate that song. Yeah. <laughs> Jingle bells, anything. (laughs)
6: Okay, this is a thing. All my life, I've sung with my throat. Distraction,
3: no, it's true. I'm not going to get easily. Please. No.
6: Thirty seconds. I'm barely finding out how to vocalize my my real voice. Yes. But I promise you, soon I'll come sing you a song.
3: No, I'm not buying it. Soon is now. Yes. You want enlightenment? Do it. <laughs> do it. A brutal audience. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Wow. I just sang. Not well, but I sang. She
0: is enlightened. And she's very creative. You could be next, Edith. See, Edith.
3: Edith, you're, try- <laughs> you're trying to rescue here. You, you have this beautiful opportunity in our Santa Claus moment where others are – just like that – realizing houses, money, uh, businesses being sold for a great profit. Just like that. It's that easy. Now, what's the hesitation? You just said you realized your voice, and I'm saying let it out. You said you want an outburst of creativity. I don't think so. I think you want to ponder it. I think you want to play with it. I don't think you want it. I'll take the microphone. It's sing or nothing. And then we'll join in at some point.
6: A ver. <clears throat> okay but this my throat's going to come out okay so let's look
3: at <laughs> now do you do you see do you see what i'm talking about oh i said it was going to be so easy and i said that life is good and besame
6: besame mucho como si fuera esta noche la última vez besame Bésame mucho que tengo miedo perderte perderte después ah. <inaudible>
3: <inaudible> <inaudible> Thank you. Ah uh, I I love how uh, we actually act out. We're actually demonstrative instead of just talking about it, and I, I realize sometimes I, I might push uh, Linda's comfort zones, uh, your comfort zones, but it was that simple. You had just made a statement that you wanted – one of your wishes was to just this creative expression, this outburst in your enlightenment, but yet when given the opportunity, well, let's ponder it. Let's think about it. Let's talk. My dear friends. To my point, commitment. Every one of you has made a commitment in this lifetime that this is it. Nothing else. Nothing else. You made a commitment before this lifetime. You made a commitment in a previous lifetime, in between lifetimes. When you were a little baby, you had that commitment, this is it, all or nothing. That Fire that rages in your heart and in your very being is what brought you here. That commitment that this is the lifetime, the lifetime. Commitment that you're not going to squander it, that you're not going to let yourself get distracted. The commitment that this is it, all or nothing, so deep in your veins so much a part of everything you've done in this lifetime. It's the only thing. And my dear friends, Santa Claus or not, Adamus or not, it's here. It's done. There's nothing that you have to work at anymore. There's nothing that you have to study. It's the time of the Realization what already is. I used this term kasama with Kihak recently. We're going to be experiencing that, all of us, in a variety of different ways. It's what has already been done, already there. Whether it's enlightenment, whether it's a few extra dollars in your pocket, whether it's your health or your light body or any of that, it's done. It came through a vision, through a desire. It's there, not out there. That song didn't need to stay out in the future somewhere. That wild expression of creativity or abundance or knowingness or simplicity doesn't need to be out there, out in the distance. Nothing to strive for. It's here. Kasama is The destiny of the soul. Now, I've said many times there is no destiny, there is no fate, not in linear terms. There is nothing out there, there's nothing, there's not the higher hand guiding your life and making things happen. There's no angelic council or alien beings or beings under the ground or even government beings that are manipulating your life. There is no outside destiny, but there is the soul destiny. There is what is already within you, Edith, already done. The, the money uh, – the, and, and the money is just the, the, the tip of the iceberg – but the realization, the realization. We've done, I've done, and we've all done an effective job in these past five years of weeding out, letting go, pushing away. Those who weren't committed, there's no room in Crimson Circle for those who are not absolutely committed to their enlightenment. This isn't a sideshow. this is not uh, entertainment. Well, it's entertainment, but <laughs> it's more than entertainment. This isn't just a another distraction. This is it. This is it. as I've told Caldra and some of the other Shambra, it's the year, it's the time, it's the right now when the popcorn starts popping, when it's been heating up. You know how it is when you put that popcorn in the in the kettle and it starts heating, and you wonder when will those kernels ever start popping, particularly if you're really hungry and it's late at night and you're and you've got the movie playing, and you just want those kernels to start exploding with creative orgasm hmm. and then. St- <laughs> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> but but I say that. And I start out by by I start out our session today by saying it's really quite easy and you're all, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's easy. But then when it comes to you, when it's right there ready to be realized, you start with the excuses and the buts and Let's Wait or I Don't Knows or whatever. My dear friends, Santa Claus is real, uh, very real. You could say Santa Claus is within you. Uh, You helped to create it with your wonderful childlike childhood beliefs in Santa Claus. It's right here, and where we are going is realizing it. I don't want to hear any more excuses, any more buts. All the tools are here, and it's just now letting yourself explode into who you are. Yeah, a beautiful explosion into into self. We'll come back to it in just a moment for a little bit more discussion, but right now I want to tell (laughs) the last of my stories for Book One of Memoirs of the Master. Book One? Uh, Book One. Yes, yes. Uh, Memoirs of the Master. And please do realize that I I call it my book, Uh, but it's our book. It's, It's short stories to illustrate, to demonstrate. Very simple points. Will people get it? A few. Maybe even more than a few. Will it change the world? I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's fun doing the stories. It's fun really recapping as, as I tell the stories. So often you wonder if I'm really telling the story about you. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's your name, sometimes you wonder if I just changed the name. There are stories. So before we go any further, I would like to tell the final story in Book One of Memoirs of a Master. And by the way. Caldra worries sometimes, maybe Linda a lot, but say, well, Adamus, that's a big statement saying this is going to be a smash hit bestseller book. No, because I'm not wishing for it. I'm not trying to project positive pff, thoughts on it, because that doesn't <laughs> work. We realize that. And sorry. <laughs> uh, that doesn't work so well. I'm not trying to sprinkle it with fairy dust. Uh, it's very simple for me to say that because I see it, I-, I know it. It's already, it's already there. It's already published. It's already spread like wildfire around the world. It's already translated into a lot of languages. Publishers lined up at at the door, begging Linda for a contract, and she'll resist until she gets absolutely what she wants out of it, and uh, I. It's not. It's not wishful thinking, and that's the difference. That's the difference with what a lot of you have been doing in your life. I just hope it's there, or I wish, or I'll, I'll think positive thoughts, and it doesn't work. It's not very effective. You just know it's there. I see it. Then it becomes so. It's a beautiful way of shaping your reality. I already see it. Therefore, it's there. Therefore. Whatever direction things were going, it doesn't matter. Maybe things were in your life were going in a, not at such a good direction. It doesn't matter. You just have the vision, and then everything changes. It's, in a sense, playing with time and no time. Oh, we had such lovely discussions about time in Egypt. Such lovely experiences with being timeless, by getting out of a consciousness of the restrictions of time and realizing that it's already done. Not, not in the future, not off in, you know, 20 years from now. Right now. And it changes everything. It changes the past. Everything. Everything. Oh, my greatest moment is going to be when some of you um, poppers, <laughs> some who have really opened up, and I use the analogy of popcorn because a lot of you 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 want to you want to be like um, the slow roast method. You put it in the oven, you let it cook for about six hours until it's slow roasted. Popcorn, you really heat it up, and then boom, it blows up. But it blows up into this amazing, kind of tasty crispy, delicious thing, which you are. So <clears> – <throat> yes, ooh <laughs> – so, my dear friends, in, in, in Egypt – oh, we have wonderful experiences beyond time – and my greatest moment is when one of you comes to me, and not, not with a macchio words, but a real knowingness, and says, I finally get it, what you were talking about, about the past. I finally get, not just in an intellectual way, but I get when you say, the past is not at all what I thought it was, what I remembered. When one of you says, you know, I thought I had a really bad childhood and bad parents and I did bad things and I made bad decisions and I took bad turns in life, and then you suddenly realize it wasn't at all what you thought it was. You suddenly realize It's still happening. It's not bad. And it actually, you could say in a wonderful way, it never really happened anyway. When one of you comes to me and says, I just realized what you meant about the past, I finally get it. Ah! One of my defining moments. But in the meantime, let's go into our story. Let's take a deep breath as we shift into the final story of Memoirs of a Master. Hmm. Harold loved the holiday season, loved it so much that he decided to do the final decorations on top of the huge Christmas tree in the Grand Hall of the Spiritual School. He got in before any of the others had even woken up that morning so he could put the Finishing touches on a tree that was almost three meters, or was almost seven meters tall. Huge it was. He pulled out the huge ladder. He pulled out all the decorations and ornaments, assembled them around <coughs> him so that he could have easy access, and began the climb up the ladder, holding, of course, the tree topper, that beautiful angel, the crystal angel that would be put high atop the tree. And as he was putting these finishing touches on the tree from up high, he heard the door open on the Grand Hall, and he turned around to look and he saw that it was the Master. The Master. And in that moment, in finishing off the tree in that moment in the early morning hours of looking over to see the Master. Of course, you can guess what happened to poor Harold. He lost his balance. He went tumbling down the ladder, landed on the crates of ornaments on the floor, and in doing so broke his arm, broke two ribs, and cut his face on one of the glass ornaments and passed out.
2: Oh. The
3: Master stood at the back of the room, not feeling one bit bad about <laughs> what had just happened to Harold, but understanding it was perfect for Harold. The Master walked over to where Harold's body lay limp, still holding the <laughs> crystal or glass angel that was meant as a treetopper but was now partially broken and bits of it in his face, looked at him, watching the blood streaming down his face, took a deep breath, pulled out his Apple iPhone 6 – we're doing product placements in our stories now (laughs) – pulled out his Apple iPhone 6 and dialed 911. Lovely story so far. (laughs) Next, finds the Master at the hospital, at the bed of poor Harold, whose arm was now in a cast, who was in great pain from the broken ribs and who had a large bandage covering the many stitches that were on his head. (laughs) And suddenly the student, Harold, started to wake up. as the Master came in the room, started to wake up, and the Master said, So, dear Harold, what were you thinking? What was going through your mind at that moment when you fell off the ladder? What was going through your mind? What were you thinking? Harold thought for a moment, thought back to the incident, and he said, Well, Master, There's two main things. The first was, was I going to live? This is a long way down that ladder. There was a lot of boxes on the ground. Was I going to live? I'm not a youngster anymore. That's a long fall. Was I going to live? And the Master said, yes, and what else? Harold said, you know, I was in that room alone, finishing off the tree. What I was thinking to myself was, I have a good life. I have two wonderful children. I have a nice wife. been married for a while. have a nice house. But I was wondering, what have I really done? I've been involved in this spiritual community of yours, Master, for the last five years, but what have I really done? Am I distracting myself? Have I really learned anything? Am I just spinning my wheels? Is it just a a distraction from a life that I might otherwise just be bored with? That's what I was thinking." Master said, perfect. Absolutely perfect. And he said to Harold, he said, you know, when things happen, when you have a fall, when you have an accident, uh, when any of these things happen, always go back to what was going through your mind at the time, because it's setting up the situation. Here you were, decorating the tree for the holidays, thinking about your progress, thinking about if you've really done a good job in your own spiritual quest. Harold, you were thinking about your own commitment and if you were being true to yourself, if you were being earnest, and suddenly everything went out of balance. It wasn't because I walked in that you fell out of balance. I walked in because you were out of balance. I was the perfect distraction, the perfect reason for you to turn around on the ladder, lose your balance and fall off, and in doing so it did a number of things caused you to wonder, are you really alive? Are you really alive? Here you are now in the hospital, probably thankful that it wasn't worse. It's not permanent. You'll, you'll heal very quickly. But you had to consider your life. Humans are interesting in a way, very interesting, because more than anything, They want to feel alive, but they don't always know how to. Humans do strange things to feel alive, Harold, like falling off a ladder. You may think it was some sign from above, but it wasn't. It was a way for you to feel alive. Certainly by beckoning death, it made you feel alive. By being in pain as you are right now, it actually reminds you that you're alive. Pain is funny like that. While pain is very difficult and painful, (laughs) it reminds you that you're alive in a strange way. Why is it that humans do things, sometimes insidious and painful things, just to make themselves feel alive? Why is it that humans will drive down the freeway at incredible speeds, frightening speeds, just for the thrill of feeling alive? Why is it that humans turn up the music so loud, beyond what the range of their ears can really even tolerate? Why is it? Because it makes them feel alive. That noise, that vibration, that external power and energy coming in through their ears, distorting their brain, it makes them feel alive. Why is it that humans argue with other people, ones they claim they love? Because it makes them feel alive. Yeah, Harold, even an argument makes you feel alive. It gets something going in what might be an otherwise kind of boring life, a life where one wonders if they're really alive, if, if they're really worthwhile, if they're really doing anything of value. Why is it that humans play extreme games? Extreme games. Why is it that humans cut themselves intentionally? Why is it that humans take drugs? or drink to excess, Harold, because it makes them feel alive. There are indeed better ways to feel alive, but very few humans really realize that. So they resort to these external challenges to themselves. They do strange, extreme things just to feel alive. Because there's nothing worse, nothing worse than feeling dead, feeling numb, feeling worthless, even though you still have a physical body. So they do very, very strange things. Your fall from the ladder, Harold, was in a way answering a question to yourself that you had up on that ladder, are you doing anything significant in your life? Are you really? Alive. Well, the real question, Harold, is are you letting yourself feel? Are you letting yourself feel life? Or are you closing it off? Are you compromising? Are you always having to satisfy other people, give to others first? You can't feel alive that way. No. Matter of fact, when you do that, when it's always putting others first, Each day you'll feel a little bit more dead, because they're taking energy and you're allowing them to. When you fell off that ladder and you went into excruciating pain and then passed out because of the pain, it made you feel so alive to have that pain. Isn't that strange? Harold, I've known you for five years. You've been a good student. But, Harold, you question. You question yourself. You hold yourself back. You still feel it's so important to do everything for everyone else, that everyone has to be happy. You still limit yourself. You still feel ashamed of having more in your life. So, Harold, in a way, in a way, you're killing yourself slowly day by day, when you tell yourself, well, you're a good father, you have a good job, you don't have bills, but you know as well as I do that you're really not feeling alive. With that, Harold broke down crying because he knew exactly what the Master was talking about, and the crying felt so good, and the Master did not try to counsel, Harold. Did not try to pat him on the shoulder or the head and say, everything's going to be all right, because he knew this moment of crying was feeling alive once again. He knew that as these tears and these emotions and this release came about, it was opening himself up to his soul. At that very moment, the door opened And in came a group of holiday volunteer carols, starting to sing a beautiful Christmas song. And the Master said, Hark, O Harold, the angel (laughs) sang. And Harold moaned and groaned, not from the pain of his injuries, but from the pain of the Master's bad sense of humor. And so ends Memoirs of a Master. (laughs) And to the point, dear Shambram, alive, alive, we've come a long way together. And you could say it will get more intense and that's good because you're going to feel more alive. We've come a long way together and there's no room anymore in your life just to survive, just to get by. No room. It is truly a matter of to survive or to be alive. That is the question, Mm. to survive or to be alive. There's no more middle ground here. There's no more holding back here. I'm going to be uh, emphatic about that. In this coming year, and it has nothing to do with the year, but it's a good time. I love the holidays. We celebrate, kick back a little bit and get ready for the next round. But the next round isn't going to be about surviving. Surviving isn't very fun, is it? No. No. You didn't come here to survive, and that's part of the conflict. That's what does make you different than other people. That's what uh, sometimes you think you're strange and different and everything else. It is, because you will not tolerate surviving. You will fall off of a very tall, metaphorical ladder if you're just surviving past this. You won't let yourself Harold, – Harold fell off that ladder. The Master didn't make him. The Master just happened to walk in the room at the perfect time, as happens, synchronistically. But it wasn't the Master that made him fall off, it was, the, it was Harold knowing that he was just getting by, feeling that knowingness, gnawing at him, that there was more, but also feeling that he was suppressing it. He wanted to be a good father, good husband, good student, good everything, and it wasn't working anymore. He was just surviving. He wasn't really alive. You say you want an outburst, an explosion of your creativity. You want the enlightenment, which is really just Realization. You want it to happen, and I, and I started this conversation saying it's easy, really easy. If you don't get in your own way and if you don't give excuses and if the microphone comes to you, you sing from your heart – and I mean that as a metaphor – if life comes to you, you embrace it, you command it, you dance with it. You feel alive with it. Greatest thing for a soul being is to know the I Am, and that is also to feel alive. They, you, come to this planet to embody in biology – kind of foreign, but now you've gotten used to it – you come here to feel alive. There is no better way to feel alive than to have five human senses, a physical body that can experience pain, to be in a linear reality uh, with, with all of its um, narrowness, actually, in a way helps you to feel alive, but at a certain point you get caught in the routines, in the ruts, in the mass consciousness, in your own dogma, in your own filth <laughs> – energetic filth and, – and you stop. You, you you compromise. You hold back. You tell me that you're going to sing sometime in the future. You tell me that you really are ready for it, whatever it happens to be, but um, you're just waiting. For, for what? You're just waiting. And in the meantime I, – and I, I don't really care, because it's happened already anyway. I can see it when I look at you, Pete or any of you. It's done. The the realization, the mastery, the enlightenment, whatever, it's done. So I'm not worried about it. The only thing that I find painful is when you're just surviving, when you're not truly alive. The only thing that I find difficult is looking at you, knowing that it's already there, knowing that. You're afraid to realize it, maybe. You're putting it off. You're waiting for that other kernel of corn next to you to pop first, (laughs) to make sure it just doesn't pop and go invisible when it does. (laughs) My friends, uh, we can't wait anymore. We can't wait. I don't think you want to, uh, but but yet it's happening, yet there is this hesitation. Can't wait anymore. I've said before that enlightenment, uh, realization, is a type of thing you want more than life itself. If I was to hold your head under water, or if I to (laughs) seal the lid on top of that popcorn kettle, if if you want it more than life itself, but yet there's that hesitation, holding back. So it comes to the point where you're just surviving. There's part of you that knows it, and it's gonna push you off the ladder, not me, not some conspiracy, but yourself pushing yourself right off that ladder so you can feel alive that's a wonderful thing about near death experiences oh they're they're amazing, frightening, and they're always not near death sometimes they are death experiences that's a It's an amazing thing, because it could go the other way, but it suddenly makes you feel alive. We don't need to go that route. I actually don't recommend it whatsoever. We don't need to to go through that big car accident route that's in some of your energies or the the Cancer scare route. That's a a creepy one. Yeah, we shouldn't even talk about that, right? No, let's talk about it, because it scares the hell out of you, and it should. doctor gives you the news, you got cancer. Mm. Oh boy, suddenly you start appreciating life, huh? <laughs> suddenly it's no longer just surviving. It's like now you say, I've, I've got to live. i got to do everything that I wished I had done, and then you come to me. That's the funny part. Then you come to me and say, geez, Adamus, you know, I just got the news. We're not so good. Can you do anything? I'm like, nope. Check with Santa Claus. He might be able to help you. but..." <laughs> Not so good. Not so good. But it's great. And the I'm listening. The the good part is, the good part is you get the news, you panic, and, and you you wonder if there's some a miracle cure out there. Yeah. But you start to contemplate life. Ah, and then you then you come to me. And we, have, we have some great talks. And you know who you are. And first you try negotiating, that doesn't work. But then you say, you know, I just wished I had. I fill in the blanks. I just wished I had allowed. I wished I hadn't procrastinated my own enlightenment, my own realization. I wished I'd been a little bolder. I wished I hadn't compromised so much. I wished I'd had the clear vision back then than I have that I have right now. Oh, do I have the vision? with death beckoning me and all the pain and everything else that's going to be involved in this whole ordeal, oh, do I wish. My dear friends, let's just get the vision now. Much easier. I said at the beginning of this it's actually really easy, unless you get in your own way. Let's have that vision now, and the vision I don't mean a vision with your eyes. Vision Vision is the awareness. That's what vision means. It's an awareness. Um, Kaldra will allow me to tell an interesting story. He had an experience the other night, uh, sitting uh, after dinner, watching some inane television show <laughs> and relaxing, he says. Relac- he was relaxing, and suddenly he could see in a way he had never seen before, not just with his eyes. He could see all around, 360 degrees, even if his eyes were closed. He could see into everything, into into the stone on the fireplace, into the wood and the cabinets, into everything. He could see in and through things. He could sense everything with no effort. With no effort. Not even trying. It was suddenly the awareness was there, and well, that's what it's like. Suddenly just all the awareness. You, And the awareness is, is not a mental thing at all. It's just there. Mm-hmm. You don't have to work at it. Suddenly you realize the setup. You realize how the energies work, how they come to serve you. You realize how you're your best friend and you're your own worst enemy. You realize how you get in your way. You realize how you compromise. I was going to say wimp out, but you compromise so much. You know why you're here in this lifetime. You know that commitment, that burning, deep commitment, but then you compromise. Let's go beyond that. Let's have some vision. With that, I'm going to ask for the house lights to come down a bit. For some nice holiday mirab music. Mm -hmm. Ah, yes. Vision. Ah, it doesn't it doesn't mean the eyes, it's it's the knowingness that we've talked about. It doesn't mean you have to know all the details of what's gonna happen. It's the vision. Vision of your enlightenment in this lifetime. It's right here. It's not a mental vision. It's not one you have to conjure up uh, in your mind. It's a vision, a knowingness <coughs> that you came into this lifetime, I'm saying it's your last lifetime, you came into this lifetime so deeply committed that nothing will get in your way. Not even yourself. I always liked that part. When you said nothing's going to get in my way, not even myself. If it means having to fall off a ladder, get in a car accident, whatever. You weren't going to let anything get in your way. You had such a a vision, such a vision for why you're here. That's still there. The beauty of this is you don't have to do anything, you don't have to work the vision. You don't have to figure out how to get it done. It's already done. You just need to come back to that vision, the enlightened, embodied Master, not ten years from now, not later. right now. That vision alone, that reconnection is enough. It will move mountains and boats. (laughs) That vision, that knowingness without doubt, that bold vision is all That is needed. Everything else just starts falling into place. That's when you, the Master, can just have this big old smile on your face. That's when you can allow energies to serve you. That's when you don't scoff or hold back. Wealth and riches, that health. do put the foot on the brake. That vision. That's what you brought into this lifetime. You know that vision. That's the <sighs> one of the two things that. You held, you regarded as being so precious, so very precious that you hid it away. You didn't want anything to distort or pollute or corrupt that vision, so you hid it away. that it wouldn't be exposed to the harsh things of this world. You hid it away because you knew that you would be very vulnerable to darkness in this lifetime more than other lifetimes. I'll repeat that. You knew that you were going to be vulnerable to darkness in this lifetime more than any other. So you hid away that vision so it would not be corrupted. You're going to be more vulnerable to darkness because you're going to be more sensitive, you're going to be more of an explorer, and you knew that the time had come when you couldn't run from the darkness anymore – yours or any others, you couldn't run from it anymore. You couldn't hide in the light anymore. True integration is integrating everything – darkness and light, high and low, good and bad, masculine, feminine. So you hid away that vision of your enlightenment so well that we could almost say that you forgot where you put it. But you know, I didn't. I saw where you hit it. I knew we were going to be sitting here like this right before the holidays. Right after crossing over a historic marker of 2012, I knew there would come a point where. weren't going to tolerate just surviving anymore. You weren't going to put up with just monthly talks about how wonderful enlightenment could be. I knew there was going to come a point where if we didn't get on with it, we'd have mutiny right here, a crimson circle. So I had the vision. You had the vision that we'd be sitting here, gentle seasonal music playing in the background, nice Hanukkah tree on the stage. (laughs) And I knew we would talk about vision once again. The vision you had, the vision the knowingness that the enlightenment was already here, (coughs) not off someplace else but right here, the vision, the awareness. And then in this form of kasama, meaning it's already happened, then I said, you know, it takes a really bold, courageous being to have a vision and to allow it. Very bold, courageous. One thing to have the vision, the knowingness of enlightenment, and hold it off at a distance, much as you would hold a carrot in front of a horse, it's another thing, quite another thing to allow it. In a way, you could say it's almost fun, up to a point, to have the vision and to keep working towards it. Keeping it unrealized, kind of fun, up to a point. But then, well, then the life starts going out of you. You don't feel so alive. You feel like you're just surviving. It happens a lot, actually, and those who pursue the spiritual work, I would say that everyone who gets involved in spirituality and to a degree and to religion, everyone has a true heartfelt desire to know something greater. But then, so often the spiritual work groups, books, products are just a means of survival. They're just a distraction. They're just another statement to the self that the self isn't ready. Sooner or later, sooner or later, you get tired of all that and come to a moment of truth. It's already happened and it's happening. Funny thing is, this moment of truth right now is not just happening here, it's actually also happening in everything about your past. What you're feeling right now is being felt by you a young child at Christmas time, a young adult from Christmas 20. Twenty-five years ago, it's all being felt. It's remembering that vision, that beautiful vision, a commitment. This is it. Now that we felt back into this vision and the commitment of enlightenment in this lifetime next step is to be so courageous, outrageous, bold, and let it come into you. No more waiting or holding off, no more settling for anything other than the full realization. No more thinking, no more doubting, no more games – this is it. This is it. It's do or die, so let's do. I understand why you hid the vision why you pretended it wasn't there i can understand why you didn't want it ever corrupted you would rather not realize it or not own it rather than having it get distorted by you and by others but let's Let's pull it out again. Let's take it from where it's been hidden. Open it just like you'd open a Christmas present. You know, right now, don't wait. <laughs> don't wait for next Christmas. Open it up just like it's been sitting under that tree. Just waiting for you. Please, please do open it up. It's your enlightenment, it's your awareness, it's your fulfillment. Feel it. See, it was really easy. It wasn't all that hard. Now, just bring it right into you. Just bring it right in. Your body, bring it into your body and your, your mind. It's alive. See it's alive. It wasn't a book of secrets. It wasn't a magic wand. It was you, your your vision. It's alive. You don't have to Do things like fall off ladders or get into car accidents or get that bad news from the doctor as false ways of feeling alive. This vision is alive. Bring it into yourself, into your body, into your eyes, your nose, your mouth. Let it flow into your ears, into your. Belly into your feet into your days and nights It's alive. Good deep breaths, my dear friends. I love this time of the year. It's so magical. So magical. Magic is very real if you let it be. So, as I said as we opened, it's, it's easy. It's pretty easy. You get in your own way sometimes. Yeah. You get in your own way. The doubts and the holding back. But where we're going now, where the Shambra who are still remaining, where we're going now is into the realization, the experience, into the living it. Not just surviving life and talking about it, but living it. That's where we're going. It's actually going to be a lot easier. A lot easier in, in many respects, but it's going to require you being kind of outrageous, kind of bold – well, really bold – and being yourself. So with that, my dear Shambra, such a delight to be here with you now. I have to go prepare myself for your party. <laughs> yes, I will be around, and uh, please whatever. Do not serve me or yourselves in anything other than the best, not just at the party tonight but in life in general. With that, let's take a deep breath and remember that all is well in all of creation. With that, happy holidays, dear Shambra. Thank you. Thank you.
0: So with that, I invite us to keep breathing and celebrating this special time, these special invitations and gifts from Adamas, as channeled by Jeffrey Hoppe. I want to thank all of us for being here. Those of you listening in from the Awakening Zone, Blog Talk Radio, Crimson Circle, and for those bold ones who have been so entertained watching the video on CrimsonCircle.com. So I invite you to celebrate and truly enjoy life and your enlightenment. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon, maybe December 31st. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.